I'm checking in on which defensive keys we use to unlock the victory over Texas. Plus, I hooked up with the other Locked On Big 12 hosts to talk about replacing a coach that's been a longtime leader and what the ceiling for Oklahoma State is this season. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Pokes. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lyndall Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter or the Locked On Pokes Facebook page, make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked On Pokes. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we're going to dive right into the defensive play from the Oklahoma State Cowboys against Texas on Saturday. Last week, I covered some of the keys on the defensive side of the ball that the Cowboys would have to have in order to beat Texas. So I'm just going to kind of uh, do a little quality check on what keys I had talked about and if we use those to unlock the victory. The very first thing that I said last week about our defense was that they were going to have to get to Casey Thompson be it through sacks or quarterback hurries, and the defense did just that. Casey Thompson was running a lot on on Saturday. He was uh, clearly shaken up in the second half. Brock Martin and Colin Oliver both had sacks. Each had one, which, by the way, I called last week in my my prediction episode. I said Brock Martin and Colin Oliver would both come out of this game with a sack. They both did so. Jaden Jernigan also had a sack in Israel Antwine and Brendan Evers shared a sack. So four total sacks against Casey Thompson on Saturday. That was huge in stopping Texas. Keeping Casey on his toes was going to end up good for the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the defense did just that. Let us not forget Malcolm Rodriguez rocket launching Casey Thompson in the second half. It was a huge hit. There was uh, a moment of like, that was an awesome hit. And then there was a moment of like, is Casey Thompson going to be okay? I cannot imagine taking a full force hit from Malcolm Rodriguez. He just looks like he hits hard. And you know that that hurt. Um, But ultimately, it, it worked out in our favor. There were four quarterback hurries. Really, just as a whole, we got to Casey Thompson, and that was very important. It was crucial to slow Texas down, and and they did just that with the pass rushing. The next thing I talked about was minimalizing big passing plays. Casey Thompson only attempted four passes of 15-plus yards. One was completed, a 58-yarder to Xavier Worthy. One drew a penalty, one was incomplete, and the final one was intercepted to seal the game for the Cowboys. So taking away those huge passing lanes was huge on Saturday. Making sure that they didn't get those giant chunk plays like they did against OU was was huge. That's why they put up 44 
0.6 points per game is because they get those 60-yard passes uh, happening in games, and, and we were able to limit those. And, you know, the penalty one hurts, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to stop a touchdown. Ultimately, we kept them from getting insane yardage all game, and that ended up working just fine for slowing down Texas defense. The next thing we talked about was shutting down B. John Robinson, an almost impossible feat for college defenses. I have said over and over again last week how fantastic B. John Robinson is. He's one of the best running backs in college football, if not the best running back in college football. In the first half of the game, Bijan almost made all of his moves in the perimeter. But in the last 26 minutes of the game, the Cowboys adjusted, allowing a total of zero first downs to Texas. So we adjusted, and I think possibly that was my favorite thing that I saw from the defense this week, was their ability to adjust. They made the necessary changes to slow down what had been working for most of the game with the most explosive offense in college football. And they were able to, you know, make those adjustments. That's a huge thing mid game to go, okay, this isn't working. This is what we need to take away, force them to win in some other manner. And that's exactly what Jim Knowles did with this defense. Like I said, it's, it's definitely my favorite thing that I saw on Saturday, just that ability to make the changes necessary. I called for a Colby Harvell Peel interception, I'll gladly take the Jason Taylor pick six in its place. What a fantastic play. I just one more time want to heap praises onto Jason Taylor for uh, all he's done this season. All he does is make plays. He just goes in and does what he needs to do uh, to make the stopper come away with the football. And lastly, we won the turnover battle. A crucial fix after the three turnovers against Baylor. We knew we couldn't do that coming into this game against Texas, giving that offense the ball. We knew we had to keep it out of their hands. And instead, we turned Casey Thompson over. He threw two interceptions, one of which, like I talked about, sealed the game for the Cowboys. But ultimately, not turning the ball over on offense was a huge win for uh, Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn and Spencer Sanders as a whole. I know we had some pretty bad drops, and those always hurt, but they hurt far less than turnovers. And so that was something that was very important to winning this game coming out ahead of the turnover battle. And and we did exactly what we needed to in order to do that. Next up, I caught up with the other big 12 hosts, one of which may be going through kind of what the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy fans have been through when it comes to the discussion of our head coach. So we get to talk a little bit of Gary Patterson and TCU. But first, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks offers all the props you can think of, including touchdowns and interceptions thrown, even field goals, if that's your taste, like it much as mine. College and professional, plus it's super easy to use. You pick two to five players over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus their projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and it really is. Price picks is super easy to easy to use interface. It's safe. It offers fast withdrawals. Make sure to use promo code Locked On for a 100% match up to $100. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Why go to the auto, part, auto parts store and get talked down to like I do every time I go in the store and I need a light or a thing? Oh, you know how to change that? Yeah, I know how to change it. I've been knowing how to change it. Also, if I don't, there's YouTube. 
but you can skip all of that when you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Let them know Locked On sent you and save time and money while using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving DIYers like myself for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all their parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Again, make sure to let them know Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs, proposed a question this week. Is it maybe time for the end of the Gary Patterson era? Oklahoma State fans, we've all been there multiple off seasons is it time for Mike Gundy to move on is it is it time to close the Mike Gundy era so you know we sympathize a lot with TCU fans right now as they go through this uh, questioning trying period so here is uh, the locked on big 12 team hosts thoughts on Gary Patterson and long coaching tenures um, I know we all we all anticipate Gary Patterson corner, TCU corner, as our favorite part of the week. But we actually have to start there this week because um, the biggest piece of Big 12 news I think we have right now is that Steven's been blocked by Gary Patterson. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to joke about this and we're going to talk about what happened. And then we're going to have a, a, like an, a serious conver- – well, semi-serious conversation because I think we're all kind of we, – we've talked about some off-air too, but we're all kind of in the same place uh, with the Gary Patterson thing. So – Steven, I'm going to let you go first. Um, why has Gary Patterson blocked you on Twitter? It's been an interesting few days. Yeah, he blocked me on Twitter, which honestly fair. I mean, most people should. Like, I'm kind of a rebel rouser. That's sort of my <laughs> reputation. I'm an internet rascal. I get it. Like, you don't want to see my tweets. Understood. Um, on Monday, I did a podcast with my friend Matt Jennings where we basically posed the question – is it time to move on from the Gary Patterson era? Uh, which is crazy to think about. Like, I mean, TCU is literally a power five school because of him. He's done amazing things there. He won a Rose Bowl. He had an undefeated season. I could go down the long list of accomplishments, but they are three and three. They appear to be on their way to a four straight season where they're fighting for bowl eligibility. And the expectations are much higher now than they've ever been, but that's in part because of, uh, what he's built and what he's done. Gary used to follow me. Uh, he does not anymore. He blocked me. So that's, you know, that's that I have. I knew um, he followed you. Yeah. He follows a lot of people, but okay. he does not seem to like negative commentary, which again, understand. Um, I have gotten some interesting messages from fans on Twitter and from message board people. Uh, but Hey, that kind of comes with the territory and we're just rolling along doing our thing. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, mad respect for asking the tough questions, whether or not uh, Gary Patterson should should move on. It's, I mean, it's one of those things like Gary Patterson can do what he wants at TCU. He's he's kind of got the blank checkbook at this point in his career there. Uh, but it's a fair question, I feel like. And I don't think it's one of those things that, that TCU boosters or administration will ask because, again, like Steven said, you're a Power Five con- in the Power Five Conference because of everything that Gary Patterson's built there. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, like if you're Gary Patterson, do you want to go out when it's on your terms or do you want to have it 
the decision made for you or you do you want it to get so bad where it's like now i have to leave because it's so bad you know i again it's i think it's a fair question it's going to be a, a difficult one for tcu fans to swallow at some point in time because i mean what's gary patterson known for it's defense what is this defense doing right now it's not looking good and and if anything that's where you want a gary patterson tcu horn frogs team to excel and it's on the defensive side of the football and they just got torched for 52 points by a true freshman quarterback making his first start all right pump your brakes <laughs> you already well, i can already hear the braggy that was so- <laughs> i'm just stating facts this is just facts I, I would i would say this is this is it was interesting so last year i was kind of having this conversation not like gary patterson but it was it was different about mike gundy it's the idea that he's been there forever at oklahoma state and last year's team linda knows this that was the team that was supposed to actually get over the hump because of how talented they were now unfortunately they didn't have the full spring but i think i think we kind of realize now that they they probably weren't gonna get over the hump anyway and so you'd ask the question okay have they topped out could they do better with somebody else is it time to move on despite the fact that we know he's still a good coach this is this feels different than that like we're waiting for that Gary Patterson turnaround. I was, I was kind of looking right now at his, uh, his seasons that have 11, you know, 12, 11 wins. So, you know, bookending the two, the, the 12 and one in, in 2014, and then the 11 and two in 2015, there's a four and eight, there's a six and seven. After that six and seven in 2016, there's an 11 and three, followed by a seven and six. So, you know, we're kind of waiting for that Gary Patterson dip up but following that seven and six what we've gotten is five and seven six and four three and three right now and with that we've had the decline on defense this year i know it's a one-year thing and also like we've joked about the comments and stuff but i i believe it's a sign that maybe with the performance plus the the comments it's trending in a direction where it's you know like it's it's okay to be like it's okay to not have it anymore they're not they're not bad the TCU is not a bad football program. And Linda, when I asked you, do you kind of, did you kind of get that same sense of like, okay, this kind of reminds us of the Gundy conversation, but here is where it's different. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely some, like, I identify with a lot of that feeling of like, I understand we're where we are because of him, but also is there grass greener on the other side? It's always an important question, but you know, my coach has said some insane things too. Um, so <laughs> It's really just if if he's going to win every four or five years, is that the kind of program that you want to be? Or do you want him to be able to win season after season as as most people do? So, I, I, you know, it's it's definitely a difficult conversation to have. Yeah. And I'll say like what Josh pointed out about the on the field stuff is really the more important thing. Like, right. The, we, we've had a lot of fun with the off the field stuff. And I made this <laughs> comparison, but it really is true. Like he kind of is like your crazy uncle who just says <laughs> silly stuff. And when you're winning, like, it's sort of funny. It's like, oh, it's just, it's cantankerous Gary Patterson. You know, he doesn't like that. I think cantankerous is a, it's a very good way to way to describe him. Fantastic when words. Yes. When, when you're losing, it's, it's really grating because it just comes off as defensive and as somebody who doesn't really understand, you know, what's going on around him, sees what's in front of him. Now, like, how much does that matter among the rank-and-file fan base? I don't know. I think it's probably something we're more sensitive to because we understand, like, 
as media, we have a job to do and we, we kind of get like there's a PR aspect to being a college football coach. That's very important. Um, but that, that is a fact, but honestly, like it's my deal is the last few seasons because the offense is what struggled. I just kind of thought, well, okay, if he could ever get to a point where maybe it clicks for him or somebody could get through to him where he could say, I, I have to change my philosophy and open things up more. And I can't, I can't keep coaching games. Like it's 1999 and I just <laughs> want to, you know, hold somebody to 13 points and win 14 right. to 13. But this is like, like Caleb Williams is a great player, a talented player. Um, but I mean, oh, you like dudes are just running free in the secondary, you know, like, Kennedy Brooks, great running back, but he's running nine, 10 yards being untouched. Like the rankings and run defense and pass defense is terrible. And I mean, that's his baby. Like that's what he's done for years. So the fact that that part of it is starting to slip and the offense is actually kind of getting better, but it doesn't matter because now your defense is terrible. That's the thing that is most glaring to me is, okay, the, the thing that you've been known for, for years is now deteriorating. And that's like, that's a sign that maybe something's going on. And part of that's the health of the team, but also part of it is just, I think team offenses and teams have kind of caught up to what he's doing. Well, and you can't like, if, if things are going well, you can worry about some of the things that are, are going on, like what the media is saying about you, but it just, to me, it just thinks it just looks like he's worrying about the wrong thing right now, you know, where, he needs to figure out how to get this team back on track and try and maybe make himself bowl eligible. He's worried about a, a blog piece that somebody else wrote or a podcast episode that somebody, you know, recorded. And, and like I said before, I mean, I've got a ton Good of podcast episode, though. It so is. Like, you should listen to locked on horn frogs, uh, <laughs> available, uh, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. But, um, I, I actually, I like Gary Patterson. I think he's a great thing for TCU. My, my big concern with any question about whether or not he leaves is what do they do next? Mm. You know, yeah. who, who do they come, who do they get to come in that potentially is better that can take the program to another level? I don't know. Well, that's a response that I got to like this person's like, Whoa, what do you think? Wise guy. Like you pick somebody, you tell me who's going to be. And my response to that would be like, so what is the program doing really well right now? And obviously I think it's, they've, they've done actually a pretty good job getting some really good skill talent. Like mm-hmm. the skill position, they have three, upper tier skill position players. I mean, Zach Evans, not just, forget the conference. Although this conference is known for its running backs right now. Like he's one of the best running backs in the country period. Max Duggan's, I mean, I was not a Max Duggan guy, but this season he has really done a great job. Quinn Johnston. Dude. Core Oklahoma apart. And I'm not sure how he's going to look at the combine. Like, I don't know if he tests like really well, but like he, he seems to have his way with basically, basically every defense he goes up against. Whether he, he gave me shade. Gave me nightmares. Gave me nightmares of Hakeem Butler. Like yeah, like just yeah, years like, back. He he just has a way of terrorizing uh, terrorizing teams like that. So go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. Well, and I mean, I I totally get. Like I'm a realistic person. I understand that they have limitations, but I also just feel like that response of can you do better or what can you do better? Like to me, that's like if if I was having issues in any aspect of life, but like say you know in my relationship with my wife, and I was just like, well, I don't know if it can get better, so we're not going to try. Like right. at a certain point, right? You, you have to do something. Um, right. So and there needs to be a plan. He's sixty one. Like like yeah. he's been there forever. Well, there needs to be a plan in place for like what's going to happen. And and now is the time to start having that conversation because it can like here's a good example. I know I know Duke is not nearly as good as a program as TCU is, mm-hmm. but. David Cutcliffe has been there for too long. They had a chance to capitalize off of some of David Cutcliffe's successes in, in the 
the you know 2010 era, and they could have maybe found somebody else in that job looked a bit better, and they didn't, and they suck now, and they're really bad. And who go, who wants to go coach Duke football? Nobody does. Do you want to do you, in a new Big Twelve when you might have an opportunity to stake your claim as one of the best teams of the conference? Because when Oklahoma leaves, uh, so, you know, here's a message: Cincinnati's going to be one of the best teams in the conference immediately. Mm-hmm. You have a chance. There's going to be opportunity there, and in, in what's going to be considered a Power Five conference. So, do you want Gary Patterson to be the guy that transitions you into the new Big Twelve, or do you want to find a way? And look, I'm not I'm not posing anybody specific here, but there are ways for TCU to recruit at the same level they're recruiting right now and potentially maximize more talent. Look at another school, a religious school in Texas, Baylor. I know it's one year, but does anybody think that Dave Aranda, Eric Mateos, uh, Jeff Grimes, anybody think that staff's going to have a tough problem getting their message across to the kids that they want? No, they're going to they're gonna be what they are this year, probably moving forward. Maybe not as good, maybe a little more fluctuation, but – I think the consistency is going to be there. So, Steve, that's kind of my message is they could do something about this. I think they really can. Yeah, and, and before Aranda, I mean, I know Matt Rule wasn't a household name when he got that job, but they were in about as bad of a place as you could If they be. can do it in Waco, you can do it. You can do yeah. it in Fort Worth at TCU. And now he's in the NFL. And another thing that makes this tricky, and I know we're, we're kind of going long here on TCU corner, oh, but it's, it's, um, the coaching tree is also pretty stale. Like Justin Fuente is the biggest name that's come out of his staff. And I that was – a hot name four years ago. Josh knows as he knows some Virginia Tech people in his life. That's not necessarily who you want right now. Um, and a lot of his other assistants, because he's so loyal and because he kind of insulates the program so well, they've just stayed. Like they've just stayed there and they haven't really moved up and out into different places. So they're going to have to go off the map a little bit, but I think you can do it. And I agree with you. I think it's a more attractive job than sometimes people give it credit for. Coming up, another clip from my get-together with the other Locked On Big 12 team host when we talked about if Oklahoma State is finally a contender in their eyes for the Big 12 championship and what the ultimate ceiling is for Oklahoma State. But first, one more sponsor of today's show, Sweatblock. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to sleep, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. There is a dry shirt guarantee. Even though it's starting to cool down, we're in the middle of October, you would think, oh, it's like, you know, 40 degrees outside. Nope, not here. We're still pushing 80 to 90 degrees a a day. Sweat is still a problem. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended, plus it works for up to seven days with one use. Wear what you want to wear with confidence. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. This is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag. Use locked on on sweatblock.com for a 20% discount. So this final clip, I've kind of been giving guff to the guys all week about how they felt about Oklahoma State at the end of last week. We talked about pretenders versus contenders, and I'm sorry, but I remember them saying that Oklahoma State is not the biggest threat to OU in the Big 12 championship, and I disagree, and I gave them hell all week about it after we beat Texas. So this week, I gave them a chance to redeem them <laughs> to redeem themselves, and here is how their apology sounded. 
All right, so I want to talk about the contenders, the Big 12. And I really do – we're going to give Landa some flowers here. So there has been some confusion. About time. Uh, yeah, I would like no, to- you all were talking smack last week. I'm just saying, dude, I got up. I'm like, they think Baylor's a contender over Oklahoma State. I was fired up. Hold on. When did I when I did I say this? I just remember somebody saying I think it. you must have this confused with somebody in your, my in your brain. Gary Patterson show. has joined the show. He's here. He's <laughs> <laughs> So I would just so here's what I like to say. It's like, number one, I I picked them to beat Texas. Number two, I picked them on their over. I think it was over was like seven and a half wins this year. I was like, they're going over that. I thought they would be the third team in the conversation. I thought they'd be the third team that has a chance to knock off Iowa State. Um, now, yeah, Iowa State, we talked about last week. We're putting a pin in them, but uh, they might be. Iowa State might be back. We're not sure yet. They might be back, though. But Oklahoma State, like, th- there's, there's two things about them I want to talk about. Number one, appreciate what they've done so far because what they've accomplished is, like, they in Oklahoma have found ways to win games by any means necessary. Uh, I would say with Oklahoma State, it's been a bit uglier at times. Um, I think that's maybe because we considered lacking offense. Like like Oklahoma State wins a certain way. They don't win shootouts. Oklahoma has been winning some games in shootout form and some games not in shootout form. So I think there's that. Number two is, okay, they're top 10. How far can this go? Can they – can Spencer Sanders – Get better, and I do want to. I do want to give him some credit. Um, uh, who is the a Tay Martin? Kind of that that game, like Spencer Sanders' game, looks a little bit different. A Tay Martin catches two footballs early on in that game. I think we'd think about the game a bit differently. Linda, I'm sure you'll agree. He had two really bad drops mm-hmm. on a couple really good throws. But like, what is the ceiling for this team? Because they're six and zero. They've beaten Baylor. They've beaten uh, uh, Texas. They've beaten Boise. Like they are a good team for sure, but what is the ceiling for them? Um, and kind of what's your feeling as a move forward? Because like it's a six and zero, but it's like damn, we could be we could be a lot better than this, and we're a top ten team. Yeah, I mean we are a top ten team. Let's be clear. But there's, um, I mean, I think there's probably capped potential regardless, just because, like you said, the offense is still lacking and like trying to figure out. And Jalen Warren is a star being born in front of my eyes i love watching him run he's like a freaking pinball in a machine he just doesn't go down and that's the kind of running back that i like to see run so i like him a lot but if we don't figure out the passing game then the running game can only do so much like we saw against texas essentially we just wore him down they were already exhausted and in the fourth quarter we figured out a way to make it work but uh definitely Spencer Sanders and his receivers are going to have to step their game up if there's any kind of legitimate ceiling. I think I saw most recently the like college football bowl prediction is that we play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, which is like, I don't want to end that way. <laughs> I don't want to end against Alabama. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair. But uh I think there's legit a chance that we play uh, OU twice and likely split the difference and uh, you know, see what happens from there. But I, I don't think we'll find ourselves in any college football playoffs, but I do think a really good bowl game is in our future. John, I want to, I want to ask you about like the way, so Oklahoma state and Oklahoma both did the thing where you lean on Texas and in the fourth quarter, they collapsed like a house of cards. Um, shocker. It's like, you know, we all saw that coming this week. It's like, wow, if Oklahoma did that, 
how does Oklahoma State want to play you? They want to lean on you. They're going to lean on you on both sides of the ball. Out of the defenses remaining, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, I think they all present unique challenges. Is Oklahoma State's defense the one that you worry about the most? Because they turn you over, and they do a good job capitalizing off mistakes, and they are really tough up front. Uh, they are very, very tough up front. Yeah, I mean, I think you can say that about each of the three teams that Oklahoma will face to end of the year. I mean, I think that's going to be a murderer's row. You know, that's where we're really going to find out about Caleb Williams and about this team. You know, thankfully, he's got Kansas and Texas Tech coming up the next two <laughs> weeks to, and then a bye week to figure out, you know, to get, you know, to kind of get his feet wet in Big 12 college football before he's got, you know, the Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State run because that's going to be tough. And I mean, I think that's going to be the stretch of games that decides the Big 12, uh, who, or at least who represents the Big 12 in the, in the conference championship game you know and linda i don't think you got to worry about facing alabama in a sugar bowl because to hear the sec people talk about it they don't care about non-college football playoff bowl games anyway so uh, it'll be fine uh but yeah i mean i think you know oklahoma state's defense is legit you know and i think jalen warren's legit as well my only question and i've had oklahoma state ranked number two in my power rankings over at the sooners wire at usaday.com for weeks now my only question has ever been spencer sanders now they're finding out a way to win with what he does well and I, and I think that's that's the key to good coaching is figuring out ways to win when not everything's going well. And so big credits to Mike Gundy, as crazy as he can be sometimes. You know, he's I think he's a good football coach, too. And I, I think Oklahoma State is a legitimate top 10 team. I don't think they've done it with any smoke and mirrors. They play the way they play and they win games doing it. You know, it's it's not a lot of you know, fuss and muss, a bunch of trick plays that are getting them over the top. It's a lot of Jalen Warren and then Spencer Sanders making some plays when he needs to make plays, but it's a lot about the defense and you gotta, you gotta respect that. I mean, defense still wins a lot of games because, you know, while the big 12 is a lot often known for its offense, there are times right now where the offense is inconsistent. You know, we've seen it with Texas, you know, they were great in the first half against Oklahoma terrible in the second half and that carried over into the Oklahoma state game, or at least Oklahoma state made them look terrible in the second half. You know, Casey Thompson was just kind of average. And uh, you know, if you can uh, like limit Bijan Robinson to under 200 yards rushing, apparently you can beat Texas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think Oklahoma state's a threat, you know, I, I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be um, difficult to, to beat whenever uh, Bedlam comes around. I, I would Victory. say this too, like the, the, the since like there is a, Mike Gundy has the sincere belief that that Spencer Sanders gives them the best chance to win. Yeah. And he has reiterated that over and over and over and over again. And I had seen some comments like, are we sure Shane Lingworth wouldn't be a better option? Oh. Mike Gundy, I, and I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm with everybody on this. Like, I, I really do think that he's the best option. In the fourth quarter, he was in command and control of that offense. He was, he was the one making all the decisions. And like I said earlier on, those touchdowns, you know, the, the long pass and the touchdown pass that hit – we're thinking differently about this game because those are the big plays. That they, you know, they didn't hit the big plays. It's the thing. They didn't hit the big plays in the first half, and they still found a way to win the game, which is the thing. It's like, I, you just sometimes just like, man, they're just tough out. Like, just, I mean, yeah. getting getting past Oklahoma State is just going to be a, a complete nightmare for, for, I feel like, everybody the rest of the way. Uh, they, they, I think they basically, it's like one of those those things. Uh, the guy I work with, Gabe Eichert, puts in Oklahoma, calls it the pain cave. And it's like, we're going to ask you, do you want to live in the pain cave? That is what Oklahoma State does. They're like, would you like to play hard-hitting physical football up front for 60 minutes? I don't think you can outlast with us. And they've been the last man standing in all their games so far. Yeah, Malcolm Rodriguez put Casey Thompson down so hard that, like, I I flinched. And, like, that's not even my quarterback. And I'm like, is he – 
Somebody check on him. Like, they're still children. I have to, like, I'm, like, still children, children playing football. Like, is he a – that was awesome, but is he okay? Right, is he okay? Right. And Colby Harville Peel actually complained about Malcolm, Malcolm Rodriguez at one point. He said he was, like, this dude takes all the tackles. Like, there's nobody else for me to tackle. <laughs> he's a monster. He's tackling, he's tackling literally every, everybody. Um, I think I'd probably say his name every every episode. Yeah, I mean it's he's he's unbelievable. To. He's been yeah. he's been the best play, defensive player in the conference, I think, this year uh, so far. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for my final thoughts on the Texas win before we start looking forward to the Iowa State game on Saturday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Big Twelve. Get all of your daily Big Twelve news in less than thirty minutes with Big Twelve expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can follow me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!